Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Lauren Goldstein. She is the CEO and founder of Golden Key Partnerships, where she is helping businesses make strategy and online simple for close to 10 years. I can't imagine. I I guess we're at four, but still, (laughs) it's a long time to be in business. Her strategy consulting firm focuses on helping businesses scale smart so they can build a more successful business that's more sustainable. She helps businesses solve complex business problems and build strategic mode wraps. I think you guys are really going to enjoy her seasoned approach and also approach that pulls from some actual studies. She's not just pulling this stuff out of thin air. This is this is actual strategies. It's backed by science, guys. Yeah. Because you know how little we actually look things up. Yeah. So, you know, we make stuff up all the time. Lauren's <laughs> on here with facts. And today we're talking about productivity hacks, but in a way that directly correlates to your profit. We're talking about time-wasting tactics that we know that you're doing. And Lauren pulls up some new fresh studies that really break down what does distraction really do to our day and how much time are we actually losing? She shares a really cool tactic that you guys can bust out a piece of paper and start to really fill out and look at the tasks that you're doing in your business so you can understand and answer the question, what do I actually need to be working on to move my business forward? We know that you guys hear that all the time, both from us and from other people. But sometimes when you're really sitting there thinking about it, it's kind of stressful to pick the thing that's going to move your business forward. So Lauren has some tactics for you there. We share some of our own strategies. This is a really, really meaty episode, and I cannot wait for you guys to dive in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I'm super excited for this one because we are officially ending our hiatus of not having amazing guests on the show. And we are starting it off with our season of guests with our friend Lauren. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. I'm really excited because our listeners have gotten a little taste about the new conversations we're having over on Instagram and in our group and and here on the podcast. And we had told them we were going to be having guests come on and really share strategies that are going to help them pay attention to profit, strategize about profit, and really realize the importance of this number outside of anything else. And I think today's conversation is going to be really unique in the sense of we're talking about a topic that everyone has questions about, which is productivity. 
but directly related to the things that we're doing and not Mm -hmm. doing in our business, how that all at the end of the day ties into our profit or lack thereof. And so I know you have some tips up your sleeve and we're going to break it down. I'm sure we'll share some stuff of our own that we've learned over the years, but let's just dive in. I think there was, I don't know if you want to dive into that now, but the study that we were talking about before we started recording, I think is kind of mind blowing. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I think because a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening are probably CEOs in terms of chief everything officers versus actual CEOs <laughs> running their business like it should, which directly correlates to profits. They've got so many things vying for their time that they can no longer effectively prioritize what tasks they should be doing to move the business for and let go of the rest, resulting in a lot of decision fatigue. And the reason I'm so passionate and excited to have this conversation around productivity and processes is because I know it can make or break an entrepreneur because of burnout or a business because of revenue and profit leaks. So the statistic I shared with you guys earlier is that according to the market research firm IDC, companies lose 20 to 30% in revenue every year due to inefficiencies, which is just mind-boggling. That literally blows my mind. Right. It's crazy. Also makes me feel not so alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those things that's like shocking, but also not surprising. Yeah. And I think that comes from a place of knowing that at any given moment on any day of the week, at some point you've experienced that moment of like, what am I even doing right now? Like we've all been there. And so I think you'll have some strategies today that are going to help keep us on track. So we stop spinning your wheels so much and get a little more traction. So I know you have four unique steps that we need to be going through. So kick us off with number one. Cool. Yeah. My hope for our time together is to give you these few simple things that you can do today to get off that plateau and get clear on what's gumming up your day. So exactly as you said, you can get traction and stop getting buried into dues, which will directly impact your profit margins. And also sidebar, don't believe the lie that you have to nonstop hustle to get ahead. I don't think you do. If you believe you have to hustle, you're going to go from early bird or night owl to exhausted pigeon, and that doesn't serve (laughs) anybody. (laughs) My first point is differentiating between a goal and a project. And actually, this is something that I learned from Todd Herman, which actually blew my mind. But goals tend to be a target that has a financial component, but it has more to do with something you can't control. So something like, I want to have a six-figure launch. There's a lot of moving pieces to a, right. to a launch, regardless how many figures it actually produces. Mm-hmm. And so that's a goal. Whereas the project is something that when done and done effectively or consistently will help you get to that goal. So AKA a pre-launch marketing plan or Mm -hmm. warm up or doing that webinar Mm -hmm. that's actually going to help you knock out that hopefully six figure plus launch. Yeah. So that's really important for making sure that it's steering you, not sinking you. I love that. I think so many of us also confuse goals from projects. And Mm -hmm. I think that we tie so much of, okay, I want to have a six-figure launch. And we think that it's in our control in the sense of I'm going to launch it and I'm going to market it. But if it doesn't happen, 
that means there's nothing that we could do to make that better the next time. As long as we finish the project, mm-hmm, right. as long as we did the work, right? you can improve the work, sure. But if something didn't correlate or you didn't reach your goal, that's not necessarily to say that you didn't finish your project. Well, you could have, but does that make sense? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, it's it's really about when you look at us as entrepreneurs, sometimes we can say, God, I didn't have a six-figure launch. I'm a total failure. Right. When in reality, it could be that there was a huge technological breakdown or this was your first launch and you learned some really valuable lessons and your messaging didn't just land the way you wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And so it's not failure. It's just feedback. I think that is a lesson that is harder and harder to remind ourselves that we are kind of constantly learning. It's not one that just newbie business owners learn and then you master it and you move on. I think the the really sitting down with yourself and separating goals and projects and your expectations for what meeting them and not meeting them really means to you is a constant thing that mm-hmm. you're having to check in with yourself for about. For sure, for sure. Another thing I actually learned from from Todd that relates is I think he calls them like good, better, and best goals. So mm-hmm. your good goal could be mm-hmm. a five-figure launch. If you hit that, you're totally happy. Your better goal is you want a multi-five-figure and your absolute best is like the world is just your oyster and you're so happy and everything's great could be six figures. And that way you're yeah. you're giving yourself multiple targets to hit so that you're almost guaranteeing your success at hitting one of those. Right. I will put some a cautionary tale on the good, better, best though. Ooh, tell me. Because we have definitely used that as a practice in our business. But I have found when sharing with a team that if given a good, better, best, they often do what is necessary to hit the minimum. That's like a societal norm. Mm. For instance, if you were in grade school and you the teacher said you have to write a two to five page paper. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed it was it was a two page paper. You're writing a right? two page paper. Yeah. <laughs> so I think if this is something you go after, you do it in the initial step of like understanding what they are. But when you're in the midst of the launch and working on it, you need to be at least looking at that middle number, if not the high number, to consistently know where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then you can go back and share it. But if you have a team, I wouldn't share all of them. I would only share one number because they will go after the one thing. 100%. I love that comment. And I think probably with the team, you should share the top number. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's just, it's what we all do, right? We get tired mid-launch. Launches are exhausting. And so we're like, okay, well, we're heading towards meeting that good goal. So I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I saw a video on Facebook. I know that's so cliche, but (laughs) it was like, it was like, don't celebrate too early. And it was a montage of these Olympians who were in first place (gasps) that started celebrating Mm -hmm. like feet literally feet before the finish line and got passed. That makes me so uncomfortable and sad. I know, right? But it's such a good reminder, especially since a lot of us who are talking or listening have done launches, don't stop five feet before the finish line and celebrate. Go that extra mile because you don't want somebody to pass you up. I know. Isn't that crazy? That like stretches me out. That's secondhand embarrassment, whatever that's called. That's what I have when I watch videos like that. Yeah. Physically uncomfortable. A hundred percent. I know. I wanted to cry. Yeah. Because like you went from being a gold medalist 
to a silver and and they say like that psychologically though silver is like the most unhappy with their win because they didn't get gold whereas bronze is like they're like i made it in they're like yes. i made it on the podium just imagine if it was your fault your fault that you got second place oh what a bummer <laughs> i know i know but on that on that lovely yes. note that actually takes <laughs> that takes me to point number 2 about consistency isn't sexy. Consistency isn't a secret and it's not popular, but there's this really interesting compounding effect that happens every day with the choices we make as an entrepreneur. And so often the things that are easy to do are not the things that are going to move you forward. So like checking your social media or Mm -hmm. checking your email, or I know this might be a little controversial, but writing that blog post, unless you know that that blog post produces revenue or profits or leads or something mm-hmm. to get you to your your ultimate goal for the quarter of the year however you track like it's probably not as important as you think it is nope and so yeah <laughs> i saw a post the other day where someone had had like a brainstorming conversation with a friend and this was their conversation he's like i'm thinking writing like three blog posts a week and doing two podcasts a week and she's like that's not a good idea (laughs) (laughs) she's like that's stupid obviously we produce a podcast but I can tell you because I've I've done the work and I've crunched the numbers that I know what it does for our business and if you Mm -hmm. can't make a connection then maybe you need to question why you're bothering. Yeah, 100%. I blame Kevin Costner for this. (laughs) Because it's like that field of dreams thing, like build it and they will come. And so many people are like, if I just post more or blog more or have more content, I will make so much money. And the truth is that that very rarely ever works. Mm -hmm. And the only thing you do is end up spinning your wheels, decreasing your profit margin, and feeling like a failure because your message is landing on deaf ears. Yep. yep. And I think the the version of this for our, our physical product-based businesses that are listening is the same thing when you convince yourself you have to go like buy new supplies to make a new product because that's the thing that's going to like unlock all this stuff. If you just add more to your stock or if you like have this fancy kind of thing planned over here, like if that's not the way that you're actually making sales in the past, then you need to go find something else to work on. A hundred percent. And I actually, I try really hard not to wade into conversations on Facebook that could be a little bit controversial, Uh but somebody made a comment on one of my friends posts about scaling. And that's my wheelhouse. You know, I help businesses scale smart, scale simple. And she basically said, um, she thinks scaling is, I'm paraphrasing here, something about having a plan to systematically launch new products every X amount of time. And she said, anybody that tells you different doesn't know what they're talking about. And so there were like a few things. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. There were a few things that like triggered me there because anybody that says anyone who doesn't tell you this is wrong is no. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, I messaged my friend and I was like, I, this might like cause Hold some up. like whatever, <laughs> but should I comment on this? And she's like, definitely do that. And so what I said, essentially, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think this is a really valid point for everybody listening. 
most people who are just creating new products are doing so because they're throwing things at the wall and hoping they'll stick instead of doing the right thing, which is doubling down on the clarity of who your audience is that you're serving, the problems that you're solving, and the value associated with your solution. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing anybody needs to be spending time and money and brain power on is just continually churning out products. Yeah, in there. And so, yeah. If you have enough of a core audience that loves you and praises you and is just like waiting for you, you can make good money by continuing to pour out things that attract those same people over and over again. But eventually you're not going to be their cup of tea anymore for whatever reason. Maybe you taught them everything they need to know and then they move on. Or maybe they bought everything you offer and now they move on. So it can work for a season, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. I think I said something like it's going to cause you to your business to die rather than thrive because it's just going to be buried. But the nugget you said, I think was so important. So I want to say it again. Yeah. If you have a core business that's already thriving, by all means, create new valuable products if they fit. I'm not saying don't create products, right? but if you're doing it just because you can't get traction and you think that another product is going to be like your magic wand or the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, perfect solution, chances are that's probably not going to happen and you're going to be disappointed and it's going to go back down. Absolutely. And I feel like, and I mean, we've even made this mistake, but I think oftentimes we, we don't value the success that our products or launches do have when they don't have that sexy six figure launch tagline that goes along with it. Right. The very first product we launched made less than $1,000, less than $600, mm-hmm. but it validated our idea of selling courses. And we scaled it and scaled it and scaled it. And that particular course has made a butt ton of money since then. Over 100000 Over 100000 From $500 to over 100000 totally. From the same core product. Right. And so I think we look at these you know, oh, I only got a, a couple of people interested, or I didn't have a five-figure launch or a six-figure launch or whatever we're holding ourselves up to, then I need to find the thing that's going to unlock that for me. When in reality, if you find the thing that just has like good enough results for you and you feel good about, do more of that thing. Yes. Yes. I call that with my clients launch and learn. And yes. the important thing that I think you hit on, which I think a lot of people who are in the online digital space don't do enough of is getting the feedback and validating. And I think you should launch minimum, minimum three times before you ever turn anything evergreen. Cause you got to work out the kinks. You got to, sometimes you're like, well, that module totally didn't land Mm -hmm. or people love that one. Or maybe this needs to be tweaked and it takes time. You can't just flip a switch. And even if something is evergreen, you should still be checking it, retooling it, retweaking it, and making sure it's always still relevant to the people that you're providing it Mm -hmm. as a solution for. Love it. Love it. Oh, I could talk about this all day. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's a perfect, another good segue into um, the next thing, which is the decision matrix, which is also called the Eisenhower method. And this plays perfectly into consistency and that compounding effect. Because if you're always doing the low value stuff, 
your business is going to start to decline. But if you start doing the high value, high impact stuff that moves your business forward, that gives you that traction, then you're going to start seeing that exponential momentum and increase happen. And so I love this. A lot of people that I present this to are like, oh, that makes it so easy. So the first step is make a list of everything that's on your to-do list. And I mean everything, whether it's, hey, I got to reschedule my hair appointment to I need to actually plan out my launch. Whatever it is, it goes on the list. Mm -hmm. Then you break it down into these four quadrants. If you draw a square and then cut the square into four separate squares, the top row is important. Below that's not important. And the first column is urgent and the second column is not urgent. So anything in the first and second quadrant on the top row is green. So those break into do on the left and delegate or defer, excuse me, on the right. And then on the bottom part, you have delegate and delete. So do and um, defer, those are two really important things because do is generally something that is urgent and important. So it's something that's directly going to impact your business. Now, I like to actually put things in here that only I can do. Mm. And generally, it's just a big three thing. So if they don't get done, it will have a negative ripple effect through our business. So like, for example, if I don't close this new client, Mm -hmm. because I'm currently the only one that does sales calls, and I botch this sales call or I don't show up, then our business isn't going to have the revenue it needs. Mm -hmm. So that goes in the do. But the defer is something that I could easily do as a block of time later. So that might be returning emails, emails that were sent only to me. You know, that's going at a different point. And then delegate really should be anything that somebody else can do. But more importantly, if you look at your back to profit, If you look at your hourly number, which even if you do project-based stuff, you should still Mm -hmm. know what your hourly number is. Anything that is less than that hourly number should be delegated. So if you can hire somebody for, you know, half or a quarter of what you make an hour, you should delegate stuff to them. So whether that's scheduling interviews, like my assistant, she sends reminder emails, booking flights, approving comments, answering questions. All of that stuff, if it's not something that's going to move our business forward and it's Mm -hmm. not at least at my hourly rate or more, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. My favorite hack for that too, real quick, is we, I know sometimes it's really intimidating to hire a VA, especially if you feel like, oh, maybe it's only an hour a week or whatever, and you, you don't feel like it's worth it. Implement systems to do some of these things for you where like, You might be paying for the paid version of Acuity or Calendly, or you might be paying for a paid version of some software over here. But if it's if it's less than your hourly rate, it's still worth it. If it can do the job that you can do automatically, then like look at those systems first. Oh, a hundred percent. I love automations. There's two of my favorite automations. The first is much like you guys, I have a URL that just says Zoom with Lauren. And it goes directly to my Zoom room. So I'm not having yep. to like always reply back and it's like a new link yeah, and all exactly. that. Yeah. And then we have, when you fill out a consultation, based on how you actually answer those questions, it triages people that you're either qualified or you're not. If you're not qualified, you get like a really nice response of, 
you know, we don't really work with early stage businesses, but happy to have a conversation if you need at a later date. And then the other one is if they do say yes, then it goes to directly book in our Calendly. So we don't have that back and forth. So I love that you brought up that. Well, and you might have to pay for the extra package to triage the people, right? For the like, if then scenarios on how they answer questions. But seriously, look at the time that you're saving from that back and forth communication. And you're taking that off of your VA's plate. Mm -hmm. So you're not paying her to do that. And so mm-hmm. yeah, there's savings all around. There's savings all well, around. <laughs> and, and I think it's important to look at this for other aspects of your life too. Like like that housekeeper. Yeah, exactly. Like how many hours a week does it take for you to clean your house? And could you be doing something else instead with that time? Or is it giving you the free time that you need to have downtime because it got to the point in my life where it was like I was working all week and then my weekend was consumed with house stuff so that I had zero minutes left by the end of the week. Like there was Mm -hmm. nothing left over to give. And so your version may just be hiring out small things like Mm -hmm. the lawn or getting your house cleaned or... I know a friend who pays someone to take her kid to school for her. And that gives her like two hours extra a day of alone time. I believe it. Wow. Wow. Find your opportunities. 100%. 100%. Okay. So that I covered do... Not to go on a tangent. No, no, no. no, (laughs) I just want to make sure I covered everything. So I did do, defer, delegate. Oh, delete. So to your point, this is almost more important about what you cut out versus what you do. So delete, one of my favorite things to do is if something's been in defer for more than I say a week, then it gets deleted or unsubscribed. And then, you know, it could be anything from, and actually this is a really interesting correlation. I know that I'm going to get probably a lot of booze, but watch watching television should probably be something that you delete. And it's interesting when my business or I'm feeling stressed, I recognize that that's the time when I want to binge something. So like if I'm wanting to use the television as a distraction Mm -hmm. rather than something like in the background when I'm working on projects, and that's probably a little inkling that something's off in your business Mm -hmm. or you have like too much stress going on or or something like that. But I want to meet the people who can have the TV on in the background while they work. Like I cannot imagine that. (laughs) I can't. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. 
When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it's set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And I've, I've said this out loud. If the TV's on before like 7.30 or 8, like something is like going on yeah. in my life. There's a tornado coming. Right, right. <laughs> I know. I mean, sometimes like if I'm doing really mindless stuff, I can do it. But most of the time I cannot do it. But then you probably shouldn't be doing it job. then. If it's yeah. so yep. mindless. You're so right. You're so right. I mean... When? When? <laughs> when did you do it? Because you shouldn't be doing like, it. I know. I'm like thinking back. I'm like, mm-hmm. when was I doing that? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really important to look at the habits that you have because back to that consistency yep. thing, like, are they helping? Or are they hurting yep. you? Like a habit I had, yeah, totally unrelated. But if I was watching TV, I needed a snack. And so yes. suddenly I was like, I couldn't watch TV without yeah. eating something. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think this is how this is yeah. supposed to work. Well, I think that we brought this up before, but I think it's really important to repeat. I think the line between self-care and indulgent, like dangerous behaviors is very, very fine. I think mm-hmm. there's a check-in for yourself of like, I need to get out of the house and take a walk around Target. Great. Are you spending four hours there and you're buying a bunch of shit and you're getting a coffee and like all of this stuff? Find the line that's healthy and truly giving you a reset and the recharge that you need. Or what are you avoiding? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like the magic is in the avoidance. Like if you always find yourself not doing the things that you know will move your business forward, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. have to do those things. Because if you don't... yep. Time will go by and you'll either, well, either your business is growing or it's dying. So even though you might think you're in the same place a month or a week or a year later, 
chances are you're not. In Mm -hmm. fact, you probably are at a worse off place, which is why this consistency and triaging and like getting clear on what's moving your business forward is so critical. Yep. We started the conversation with the chief everything officer. And I, I think that's become, while it's true and I get it and I've identified as that before, I think it's also become a kind of badge of of honor for a lot of people to wear in their businesses that they're busy batch. Uh huh. (laughs) They are in charge of everything that they they're the best to do everything. And this is why they got into business. And, and I'm, it's just not true. And it's, it's self-sabotaging and Mm -hmm. make it is do this exercise. (laughs) Yes. Do this exercise. And I think it's, it's a little bit about, I know ego is like a trigger word, but it's a little bit ego, but it's also, you know, like we want to be needed. We want to yeah. be validated. And I think there's that fear that yeah. if you if you give away stuff that suddenly you're going to be irrelevant. And actually the opposite happens when you give away stuff that doesn't actually fit your flow or your talent or isn't worth your time. What actually happens is you have more to give your clients. You produce yeah. better work. Yeah. You have more space in your brain to have those creative problem-solving conversations and build a good business that is sustainable, that's not eating you alive, that you're not yeah. about to resent because you can't figure out how to get out from underneath it. Yeah, And it just, it makes life make more sense and have more fun and be yeah. have more flexibility And I think that's what we all need. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And so to wrap that up, the deferred items get either, you know, put in like a pileup zone or icebox or whatever you want. And then you can just tackle them as a whole, which is really important to do like tasks um, together because as much as we women think that we can multitask, we can't, nobody actually can. And Um, There was another statistic, which I wish I'd pulled up right now, but I think it's, oh, I wonder if I can pull that up. Essentially, it says like 23 minutes is how long it takes when you are interrupted, which is actually really interesting because if you are finding yourself getting interrupted all the time, you're actually not getting a lot done. And I think the statistic was something like, for every eight minutes of time, you only have like three of actually productive work. Let me see if I can find that really. I've definitely heard something similar to that regard before. And it's, it's not a fun place to be. I've worked in an environment in corporate where I had the open desks were like the thing that like was supposed to make you more productive. No, no. (laughs) Walls are important. Okay. (laughs) Give me a door. I I literally had a rear view mirror on my computer because people just came up behind me all of the time to the extent of it was like scaring me because when you don't know when someone's going to walk up on you at any given second. But that Uh disruption is not a fun place to be. And even if you're at home and working from home and maybe you have some team members that are remote if their schedule is even slightly different than yours, them slacking you is, and you see the notification that all by itself can be enough to derail you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I found it. It said, I think this was actually maybe by the same research company. 
or no, it was from Gloria Mark, who studies digital distraction at the University of California, Irvine. She said, it's scientifically proven that humans cannot multitask. And for every distraction, it takes about 25 minutes, 23 minutes and 15 seconds to be exact to get refocused. But here's the crazy thing. They derail your mental progress for up to a half an hour afterwards. That's assuming there's not another distraction that pops up. Mm. So that 30 seconds to check Twitter isn't just 30 seconds down the drain. It's 25 minutes and 30 seconds. But then this is even crazier. The average person gets interrupted once every eight minutes. And half of those are self interruptions. Hello, <laughs> hello, social media ding, right? So that ends up being about seven times an hour or a staggering 50 to 60 average interruptions per day. And again, if you take an average, it takes five minutes to deal with that interruption. You get only three minutes of productivity out of eight minutes. So we're spending four hours, four hours of each working day being interrupted, Mm -mm. which is even crazier because 80% of those interruptions are unimportant. And if you have a team, somebody showing you that cute little meme, (laughs) it's actually causing three hours and 12 minutes per day and lost productivity per person. Per person. Per person. (sighs) Right? What if you only have four hours and you distracted three of them? Right? Exactly. It's ridiculous. I try to put Slack on Mm -hmm. mute. I put my phone in a different place. I've been known to sit on the couch and chuck the thing across the room because I I don't know how I've never broken a screen. (laughs) But I'm like, I don't need this. I'm going to work right here. Like you can't have multiple tabs. You just got to do your thing and then move on because otherwise... I would rather use that extra time that I was supposed to be distracted and use it to have fun instead because yeah, read a book, have some wine, walk around your neighborhood. Like I would rather do that or eat an actual meal. Not yes. at your exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I forced yeah. myself to stand in my kitchen and eat during lunch just to like get out of the office and not be in a chair. <laughs> I think that's really smart. And I think that brings up a really Great point about focus times. If you can group them into, you know, a lot of people call these power hours where you're only doing something that's related to like, let's say you have to update your website. So you're only doing website stuff and you're only doing email, you're only doing blog posts, you're only doing social media because that's going to help you get a lot more stuff done and create that momentum without all the interruptions. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was something else you said earlier about, oh, that lady pays somebody to take her kids to school. Yeah. Let's say you can't pay somebody to take your kids to school or you really love it or something. What you can do is after you drop them off, you can use that time period as net time. And this is something I learned from Tony Robbins, but it stands for no extra time. And it's where you can do two things at once. I know we said you couldn't multitask, but this isn't (laughs) multitasking. This is driving and listening mm-hmm. to a podcast or driving yeah. and having a sales call yep. or driving and catching up with your family because yeah. you, this is the only time you have. <laughs> and so there is tremendous power in net time. And I personally, you know, I walk everywhere, which is crazy because I live in Austin and it's like <laughs> the surface of the sun. But 
I also do it because I love breakfast tacos. Mm, um, that's one but when I'm walking to the gym, I have 25 minutes of uninterrupted time because I cannot text and walk without probably injuring myself or a bystander. So I make phone calls. I listen to podcasts. Yeah. I, you know, do walking meditation. Well, it's interesting because and I, I would have to, again, figure out where the research came from, but driving and walking are one of the few things on the planet it uses a different part of your brain so that you can do these other things. Yep. It's the same reason why you get home sometimes and you're like, I don't remember driving here. How did I get home? <laughs> it's like, yep. because yep. you access a different part of your brain, which is fascinating to me. So yeah. I definitely love the idea of utilizing that time. For me, I'm here constantly and I have a 12 step commute from my bed to my office. So yeah. That's the only, like, I almost said only. It's not the only valuable thing about having kids. (laughs) One of the, one of the, is that when I do take Penny to school, it is only like six or eight minutes down the road, but sometimes that's my only quiet time or I message a friend or I start a podcast Mm -hmm. or whatever, but like, it is nice to have because it gets you out of the house for a second and then back. A second. Yeah. And I do want to say with the caveat of busy versus productive, sometimes like you don't have to fill every second with something productive. Nope. Like a lot of times the best thing you can do is do nothing. And that is still quote unquote productive because what it's doing is giving you space to recharge, to like let your brain rest, solve problems. And so don't think because you have a business that every moment of every day has to be Hmm. just jam-packed. I can't remember who the person was, but he literally in his office would turn his desk or not his desk, his chair around and for 45 minutes would just think. Like this seems a little weird, but that was his thing where he was not doing anything except just letting things come to him and you know, it was worked really well. So just because we're helping you be productive doesn't mean you have to be productive 24 <laughs> seven. The only time I am good at that is when I'm exercising or showering. I'm very yeah. bad at just sitting still because I don't know how to rest I'm the, without like attempting ever. to do something else. Well, that might be a really good goal for you is to figure out how and maybe just start with five minutes like start with five minutes Mm -hmm. and just sit so you don't have to meditate because I let's be honest I'm not a good meditator Mm -hmm. but I think it is really important to remember how to do nothing because this technological age that we're in like I remember when cell phones were like the as biggest computers and we had (laughs) didn't have call waiting and you had to like somebody had to call the house and hang up and then you knew it was them like crazy stuff. Right. And so we had more attention because things were slower and Mm -hmm. the more technologically plugged in we get, the more you need to learn how to unplug and take a breath and do nothing, which is why Mm -hmm. that is one of my daily themes, which I will talk about. Well, like I'll just talk about it right now. And our next section, um, this is actually one of the things that people tell me consistently has like been business changing for them. So daily themes, um, a couple different people use this. Oh, I love daily, daily themes. themes, right? A couple of people, I think Tony Robbins, Roger Hamilton, Todd Herman, 
a lot of people utilize us. Yeah, you, yes, me. <laughs> but it's where, and it comes back to the big three, but it's more about like, if you have those navigational beacons, or if you're a bowler, the gutter, the gutter protectors, like it just helps you refocus <laughs> your day. So like for me, Mondays are marketing and current clients. Tuesdays are new connections and new clients. Wednesdays, admin day, which I'll come back to, but seriously, one of the biggest things that has moved my business forward. Thursday, mm-hmm. mirrors Tuesday, Friday is financials and weekly wrap ups. Saturday is literally my unplug me day that unless you're related to me or like we're in a relationship, I don't really see or talk to you because I need to like digitally detox. And then Sunday is another mm-hmm. personal day where I hang out with friends. I call it dabble day let my brain be free. And then of course, (laughs) Sunday planning, which I think I skipped. So I will answer that question in a minute. But why this is really important is a lot of times we get overbooked because we don't set up proper boundaries. So when you have daily themes, this is a point of contention for some people who really want to talk to me. Like I'll give you an example. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are the only two days that if you want to have a consultation with me or a business call, you can get on my calendar. And I had somebody respond to me and say, hey, I looked at times. The time in the next two weeks doesn't work. Let me know if you have other availability on like a Wednesday or Friday. And I know nope. exactly. And I responded. I said, um, you know, I apologize that those times don't work for you. Those are actually consistent times. They don't change. Um, it happens to be like the hours of one to six because I don't want it to derail my whole day. And it's a really good, really good way to filter out the clients that will take over your business. Because clients, if you have a bad client, it's 100% your fault. Because it's your fault for not setting the proper boundaries or expectations or letting them dictate your day instead of you leading the project or whatever you're doing. And so that's why Tuesdays and Thursdays are my only two days. Admin day though. This is the day that I meet with my team and I only do stuff that is part, like really truly part of my big three Mm -hmm. to move my business forward and hit our revenue goals. And it's just, it's, it's going back to consistency. I know that that's my day to really focus on the business rather than in the business. And then Sunday planning, I am a planner. Some of you might think this is going to be torturous, but (laughs) now it takes me like 10 minutes. I do the same thing. I write down all the list of things we have to do for the week from my business, like my personal business to client stuff, et cetera. Then I go through and I prioritize them. And then once they're prioritized, I put them into the different things. So what's going to my team? What do I have to handle? What's getting deferred? What is just something silly that I need to get rid of. And that actually sets the tone for um, the week and sets it up for success so you don't leave it up to chance. So it's super awesome. You can even do it every night if you really get into the habit of it and say like, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. Here are the top three priorities to get done. We kind of do a version of that where we have everything on the calendar already, but we'll look at it like on Tuesdays is the start of our work week. We meet with our team. We kind of do like your admin day and we like delegate 
put stuff on a calendar, really hash it out. And then kind of the night before I personally like look at the next day and just kind of get in the headspace of like, what's coming tomorrow? Where does my brain need to be? What's needed of me to come prepared for it? And I know Abby, I think does something very similar, but it's, I love following. I I don't do it as strictly as what Steph teaches, but I know a lot of our listeners really, really uh, the set well with Mm -hmm. them. If you go back, it's a really old episode, but we had our friend Steph Crowder on and she does the 15 minute planner method. Mm. And she talks about uh, rocks, pebbles, and sand. And she does the exact same thing on Sunday evenings, lists out everything and categorizes them. And it's like a lot of your like big three, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that doing that Start, especially if you've never done it before, it gets you in the habit of answering the question, well, what do I need to be working on to move my business forward? Everyone says to do that, but what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. And it's different for every business. There's some stuff that we could guess that are probably the things that you should be focusing on, but really only you know at the end of the day. And so it really helps like draw your attention back to the important things, mm-hmm. continuing to check yourself in to focus on the important things. And then when you wrap up that week, like, really look back and see what you accomplished. Yes, 100%. It always, it reminds me of um, the analogy I use with my clients is a plane on autopilot. So obviously when a plane Mm -hmm. takes off, it has a flight plan. So let's say you're flying from New York to San Francisco. Those are your two destinations, but autopilot, you know, a lot of people think that it just, it's like one one thing on autopilot and you'll get there. But in reality, what that autopilot is doing is making tiny microscopic adjustments the entire way so that you get to San Francisco instead of Vancouver, (laughs) where it's like on the same coast, but definitely two different cities. And it's that two millimeter difference that will get you from good to great and great to extraordinary and will be the difference between having a profit margin of, I don't know, 50% and a profit margin of 80%. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to think about too, in terms of revenue is important. But I mean, everybody, everybody's seen those people that's like, I have a seven figure business, or I had a seven figure launch or a six figure, whatever, whatever. Great. Well, what's your triple net? Like after you've paid exactly. your affiliates, after you've paid your expenses, after you've paid your marketing back, if you still made six figures, then you had a six figure launch. Exactly. If you have five dollars exactly that was a lot of work for five dollars you know and so don't get stuck on the vanity metrics of likes and this or that I mean I saw something talk about heartbreaking um my friend actually the same friend that posted about scaling posted something about an Instagram influencer who all she had to do she's got thousands and thousands of followers all she had to do was sell 36 items we talked about this did you? Yes. Oh my God, I saw it. And, yes. and she couldn't do it. She, I mean, who knows what actually went wrong, but it just goes to show that if you're not like, if you don't have engagement, if you can't draw correlations between actions and revenue, yep. like it's just, it's just a vanity It metric. doesn't mean anything. Right. Yep. And this is the whole theme of our conversation for the rest of the year. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, we did mention that on the podcast. That's I could probably talk about that in a whole other like marketing breakdown segment because it was so interesting so to interesting. watch just as someone who's obsessed Absolutely. with marketing. Or I was like, oh, tell me more. Like 100,000 Instagrammer who can't sell 36 shirts. Like I yeah. love that. Not because she did anything wrong, but like I like dissecting Oh, for sure. I would love to love to do a postmortem on that because yeah. that's like my strategy. Strategy brain where I'm like, what went wrong? What went and, wrong? And like 
my strategy brain goes, there was a point in time where you should have been checking the pulse and saying something is wrong. Like if you do a launch and you spend thousands and thousands of dollars, you should have an inkling that there's, there's a pulse. Like if you don't, then, then that's, all right. saying something, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I don't even know. But well, yeah. we could go on for days with this. <laughs> but I want to wrap it up and give people some like, what are your quick three to five action steps they can take right away so that they can start seeing rather than busy, a little bit more productivity that has some traction inside their business. Yes. So the first is turn off notifications and stop answering your phone. I know that probably triggered 98% of you, (laughs) but again, like interruptions will kill your business faster than anything else. And you know, I have a rule if you're not on my calendar, like, I'm sorry, I can't make you a priority when I shit to get done. Yep. Get very intentional about how you spend your day because if you don't run your days, they will run you. Yep. And not everything, I know this is crazy guys, but the Eisenhower matrix will show you and confirm that not everything is a fire that needs to be extinguished right now. Like I promise, break your goals into projects and get clear on what steps you need to take. And actually, I did. I don't think I've actually said this on any podcast. There is an interesting rule of three that I employ in my business that is life-changing. So I have a rule Then once you're onboarded, you have to check three other places before you ask me. The first is Google. (laughs) The second is our Google Drive. And the third is another member of our team. And the reason for that is one, you are empowering your team Mm -hmm. to actually find the answers and saying, I trust you to find the answers. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're helping them be more creative with their solutions. And three, which could be the most important, you are making yourself not the bottleneck of your business because if Mm -hmm. everybody is always coming to you, if you're on vacation with whoever, Mm -hmm. they can't function without you because they think that they need to come to you to ask questions or clear things. Yep. So it's a really fun way to freak out your team, (laughs) but also empower your team and like just pull yourself out out of that. Everything has to go through me thing. Love it. Love it. Well, this has been immensely helpful, Lauren. Thank you so much for helping us kick off our our interviews again. We're so happy to have you back. How about you tell everyone where they can hang out with you and learn more from you online? Yes. So goldenkeypartnership.com is my website. And actually, I have a productivity guide that you guys can download that recaps these things. So if you go to goldenkeypartnership forward slash boss project, You will see that there for you guys specifically. I do hang out on Facebook and Twitter and all the places. So generally, it's either at Golden Key, which is G-L-D-N-K-E-Y or Golden Key Partnership. So love to hang out anytime. Perfect. so much. You're welcome. Awesome. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 
Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.